The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using the promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by our Kentucky Derby Contest. Winner gets a $100 SGPN gift card exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne, up in the northeast of England. Today is May the 5th, Friday, and we are here with a little turbo episode. Me and Noah have picked a handful of games um, for ease of consumption, mainly. We know everyone's got a busy weekend, uh, stuff going down, and myself and Noah and Moon up and Dylan. Um, we're a bit busier too. So I've picked three games. I think Noah's picked a handful too. And we will take you uh, through those as best we can. Uh, joining me, uh, number 77, Mr. Noah Benick. Noah, what's happening? How are we doing, Malcolm? Uh, safe to say that I might have won Wookiee of the Year last year since I was the only one that caught that bet. You you had a Star Wars uh, fan sit out yesterday on the podcast for May the 4th. But I hope you had a great day yesterday, Mel. Well... <laughs> I still haven't got over that. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm still furious about what happened. I mean, I'm not, as it happens, I am not a um, Star Wars person, kind of. Um, however, I thought I'd worked it. What the worst thing about it, no, I was, I warned them at the top of the show, didn't I? I said, in the you next did. hour, I'm going to work in the greatest baseball slash Star Wars joke you've heard. I slotted it in there, waited for the plaudits, waited to be carried shoulder high around the room. And I got absolutely fuck all off any of them. Mate, it was a nightmare. Yeah, man, you need me for your charity laugh. <laughs> charity, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh God, Moonaf spotted that we're 10 minutes late. Oh, Moonaf, are we 50 minutes early? Uh, that's what you've got to ask yourself. Uh, Captain Sino, TV DVJ, kicking around. Uh, good evening, everybody. Um. I'm going to ask you, Noah, about the college baseball and the shenanigans, because I listened to your show today. Um, so I understand. And here's the thing. I spoke to, I probably mentioned it on this show. Um, I spoke to Sean and Ryan about it. In fact, I spoke to them about it when we were out in Vegas, when the US um, betting uh, regulations have been relaxed. And because you're kind of quite a few years uh, behind us um, in everything, frankly, but oh, in, in the gambling industry. So we've had all of this. When gambling was deregulated and you could do what they would call spot betting, so you could bet on in cricket, is the first ball going to be a run scored? Is it going to be a wide? Will it be a no ball? That kind of thing. Um, or in football, they would do time of the first throw-in under or over 30 seconds. And the team would kick off and the bloke would just boot the ball into the crowd and they'd all cash the bet. It makes no difference to the game. It makes no difference to anyone. And it, so that's what we, we call spot fixing. Um, and I'm t I've, told, I've had this conversation with about five people on the network that this was unavoidable. This will happen. And is it going to happen in professional baseball? So MLB first pitch, you might get a minor leaguer who comes up who's not earning much money. It might be his first shot. And the bet will be first pitch, ball or strike. And all he has to do is throw one in the dirt 
And that's it. Game over. His family, his friends, everyone back home can cash all of their bets. It doesn't affect the outcome of the game particularly, apart from he's 0-1 in that at-bat. They might be 10 nothing up. They might be 10 nothing down. Um, and I've seen I've seen the college point-shaving documentary and that sort of thing. Um, but this, no, it seemed to be... Obviously, um, A, you did an excellent job on that show. Um, and yeah, tell us a little bit about it. So what was it... Was he betting on something as minute as it, it was? It was more the money line, wasn't it? He didn't get kind of in the minute called spot fixing on a, on one particularly event. Yeah. So basically, I mean, college baseball is such a niche market. We only really have money lines and then some totals and run lines in other places. But really, it's just money line. <clears throat> and if you want to raise the odds on the bet, you have to do a parlay. Um, so what had happened was is. Th- this market that's so small and basically college baseball is really regional. You have a couple of States down in the sun, uh, in the, uh, the sun belt area, the Bible belt area, the it's basically the sec, the Southeastern conference as the biggest conference for baseball. Um, and basically their fan bases are so big for college baseball because they don't have any MLB teams down there in the Southeast. You have the, Florida teams in Tampa Bay and Miami, and you have uh, Atlanta, but there's nothing really in the Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana uh, area. So in Ohio, this bet was placed on one of those SEC games, and it sticks out like nobody's business because David Purdom, an ESPN reporter, goes like, he, he talked to some of his sources and sports books didn't even take a single bet on this game in some places. And one sports book only had $35 of action. So when you come in and this was obviously at least four figures, and usually there's a cap on some of these niche markets for like as, yeah. as much money you can bet. I'm not throwing around four figures. I don't have that kind of money to be thrown on a bet, but obviously when you have the information, so what had happened was the head coach of Alabama had called somebody in Ohio and he's on the phone in the sports book, placing the bet. And obviously it's a large wager. It was a large wager on LSU's money line single and then LSU's money line in a parlay and two very large bets stick out like a sore thumb and you know, something's up and surveillance video showed that he was on the phone with somebody. Then Alabama, the university did a, uh, investigation. They found out that Brad Bohannon, the Alabama baseball coach, was on the phone with somebody in Ohio. So that's your story right there. And it's just idiocy somewhat. Yeah, it is. But it's just, I quite have just rolled my eyes because I'm 100% you. Like I say, I'm 15 years ahead of this. We've had, say, spot fixing. So first minute throw in, first ball of the match is a, is a, a, a no ball in cricket or something like that. Um, Oh, we are, we've got a player at the moment who plays for Brentford. He's, he's been called in the last England squad, top-class international footballer, um, who has been charged with 211 counts. He bet on himself to get a yellow card in the game. Now, all you have to do is show some dissent. So with two minutes left in the game, um, he took the ball and he booted, into, he booted the ball into the crowd. Instant yellow card. He's earning 70 grand a week. I don't know what, what he's betting on. Um, but yeah, this is going to happen more and more and more. And I'm kind of already looking forward to the the shock and awe that the American public are going to have on stories that are all kind of old hat to me. Um, I could I could probably like Nostradamus predict the next ten betting scandals uh, that you're going to get in the states. But 
<laughs> and it's always when people get too greedy. It's like that you say that idiot hasn't thought that there's $35 bet on this game. I'm going to bet $5,000 and hope no one can sing it. Like you need to be a little bit cleverer with it. Like, so, um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I enjoyed that, mate. Like I say, I think you did a very, you you were in very serious journalistic mode. I was quite uh, I was well, very impressed with you. Mate. That's how it has come up. Is like I I don't, dude. The landing here at SGPN was completely different than what I thought I was going to be doing. Like I was in school, like to be journalist and all oh, that really? kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah. So it was like going back to my old roots. I, I wrote it out. I'm going to put a uh, an article out like. And it's it's just professional reporting, just on a on an SGPN podcast that you would never never really expect. But yeah, uh, it, it's just kind of what I always did in school, so it was easy. I think. Oh, that came across. I thought it was great, mate. Well done. Uh, yeah, who else is in the chat? Abdi's arrived. Good evening, uh, Lane, uh, Riley. Um, how you doing? Um, there's a little bit of horse chat. A couple of people have had some horses. The yeah. uh, Kentucky Oaks goes off in about thirty four minutes. And South Lawn is going to win at a price of about eight to one. Uh, so absolutely fill your boots. Uh, if we're still on, we could watch that live, or that could be the uh, challenge. We'll get off inside thirty minutes, um, and we can go and cash some bets on that. Um, I'll tell you first about Shady Ways and Shady May. Uh, Shady Ways is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing fifty percent off, but you also have a chance to win five hundred dollars. Shady Ways have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarised shades, customisable snow goggles, and much more. Uh, Shady Ways have got durable frames and extremely clear optics, and it's the lost and broken replacement offer, which is outstanding. They'll replace them, uh, no questions asked. Um, you can return them for free within 30 days, so there is no risk at all. Go to shadyways.com, use the code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarised sunglasses. Then take your receipts to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. Uh, we are going to talk some baseball, I promise you. I'll just quickly tell you my favourite um, betting scandal. In fact, it was just this year. It might have been last season in the football. In the FA Cup, no, you might be aware. It's a free draw. Anyone can enter. So you'll get big teams like Newcastle. We'll play tiny little teams. Um, and one of these tiny little teams had made it through into a televised game. And they've got a big fat goalie on the bench. Um, he, was, he was about 45. He was kind of like the player coach. And he was a, he was a big old man. And one of the firms put up a, uh, a bet on whether or not he would be caught by TV cameras eating a pie on the bench. Um, so obviously, he got him and all of his mates to put a bet on. And then halfway through the game, the camera pans across and he's stuffing his face with a big steak and kidney pie and everyone cashed their bets. But he got banned for like, he got like a six-month ban or something stupid for it. Um, but he was fought like, if it was his one last payday, but he didn't care. Uh, yeah. All his mates down the pub were cheering him on, eating this pie on the bench, uh, racking up all their winnings. So yeah, you've got all that to come to us, something to look forward to. That's nuts, uh, I can't wait. <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try and find you the link to the story, but uh, big fat goalie eating a pie. It's a, it makes, it's a really good photo as well. Um, so the Cubbies uh, won tonight uh, and cashed a couple of bets as well for the boys. We took Cubbies uh, on the road line. It was friend of the show, uh, Justin Steele. So that one's cashed, but there's no more days for. Uh, what I've done, I've picked three games, Noah, um, and I think you picked three as well. Uh, just the, the kind of the premium uh, games of Friday night. So uh, let's have a bosh through. I've got first up, uh, for Ten Eastern, the Yankees at the Rays, which is Domingo Herman, uh and Drew Rasmussen. 
the Yankees are plus 155. Rasmussen is minus 180. Total is at seven and a half. I mean, it was hard. It's really hard to handicap the race. We, we have a problem every week on the Premier League show trying to handicap Manchester City because it was like minus 700 uh, and like minus three and a half goals. It's, it's Tampa Bay get, kind of getting a little bit like that. Um, the man's two and two, 446 ERA. And he did bounce back last time. He had two starts where he gave up, he gave up five home runs. Um, against uh, in those two starts but he bounced back last time with eight and a third inning pitched uh, two hits and one earned run in a game remarkably that uh, New York still contrived to lose um, he's only pitched nine innings on the road so that's kind of a wait and see scenario for him man um, my issue with the Yankees at the minute is the bottom half of this lineup. it's horrible um, they didn't play yesterday so I, I I pulled up the box score from Wednesday night and it's not even so well the bottom half Hicks hitting 146 uh, Cabrera 196 um, IKF's hitting 196 Peraza 185 Igashioka fair enough part-time catcher but hitting 182 and then even you've got Volpe hitting 221 Torres hitting 236 they were hitting 1 and 2 on Wednesday so you I mean that's where your struggles are. It's not rocket science. Like, um, Tampa Bay, uh, Rasmussen, three and two, 366 ERA. He's been a little bit dodgy. Three of his last four starts have been a bit ropey, walking too many uh, batters. Couldn't find any patterns for Rasmussen at all, really. Um, his pitched eight innings against the Yankees in his career. Uh, one start last year where he went six scoreless. Um, the 17 and two home record um, is really, really hard to ignore as well. And I just think the Tampa have kind of, we know they're going to do this, but the way they've made changes to some of their lineup, we've talked about Yandy Diaz a lot, uh, Brandon Lau one, and Taylor Walls as well. He was featured on uh, MLB Central today. Dero was breaking down Taylor Walls. And just this ability to make players better from Tampa, where some of those names we've just read out. Uh, Aaron Hicks, etc. Um, Gleyber Torres. The Yankees don't seem to have this ability. So, not a very exciting bet, although it is an exciting uh, series. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays, I like them on the money line. I like them on the run line, which is plus 125. And I do like the first five over as well, because I think, um, like I say, Rasmussen has been a little bit vulnerable. Um, so, they could see some runs early on as well. No, So, that was my game. Um, any thoughts on that one? Then you can um, tell us what you've picked. No, like you, <laughs> I loved it. It's not rocket science. It is the Tampa Bay Rays so far, and the Yankees have done nothing for you to want to lay with their prices so far this year. Like that offense has been abysmal, and I think you had a great handicap for just a, a vanilla play. But I love it. I love it. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, tell us, tell us where you went. My first game here is a battle between the top two teams in the AL Central right now, the Minnesota Twins and the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, I love both of these starters, and I think I'm going to go with the under eight here or just a first five under. And what? Uh, so Cleveland is 26th in the MLB with a 646 OPS against right-handed pitching, uh, 27th in the MLB with an 80 WRC plus against righties. 
And on the year, Sonny Gray is 4-0 with a 0.77 ERA, 41 strikeouts in 35 innings. Gray is striking out 29% of the batters he's facing so far that this year, and that's the most since the 2020 season, second most in his career. The Twins, they only have a 6.32 OPS against left-handed pitching, which is 27th in the MLB. They have the 26th-ranked WRC Plus against lefties at 77, and I'm buying all of the Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen stock here into Two starts, Logan Allen has 16 strikeouts and has only given up three total runs. The Marlins aren't a great offense, but Boston has been very respectable so far this year. And now he draws another favorable matchup. I like the under eight at minus 120 in this matchup here. Okay. Uh, I love that. Um, TBDBJ said he snagged uh, 60 to 1. Sa Young uh, about Sonny Gray last week. Um, Sonny Gray is. Fast becoming one of my favourite MLB players. Like, I don't have much history. I don't try to have many favourites. I like the fact that I've got a little bit of distance, I feel like, um, because I haven't with some of the other sports I handicap um, and I get a little bit too invested. It's hard overhead. I like the distance I've got with baseball. But yeah, Sonny Gray is, uh, he's told me a little bit. He's very, very easy um, to root for. He's been uh, just really kind of an average Joe throughout his career. Some years he's been better than others. And I mean... He's been all over the place, started with like Oakland and then Cincinnati and New York, then back to Cincinnati. Now he's in Minnesota, but uh, he was a guy that, you know, he he has great foundation because he's a Vanderbilt guy and going back to college baseball, that is one of the best pitching organizations uh, or programs in the country. So, uh, yeah, so, Sonny Gray has always kind of been one of the guys that I root for as well. I think he, um, he undoes another button on his shirt every time he strikes someone out as well. That's quite a nice touch. Like So on a good day, you can, uh, you can tell he's pitching well if he's unbuttoned uh, right down past his belly button. I'm all for that. Um, right, let's have a look. Um, stop talking about Sonny Gray's. Sonny Gray's belly button. Didn't expect that to come up tonight, Noah. Um, that's a good name for a band as well. Uh, well 7.15. card here? That one wasn't probably on it. <laughs> it wasn't on there last night, though. I did have a fun bingo card on the Kentucky Derby show. I love uh, it. Just because... <laughs> Sean and Wright, honestly, they think I'm a performing chimp and they make me say the same stuff every year just for their own entertainment. So I made myself a little bingo card and crossed them off one at a time. And I had the bingo inside about seven minutes of the show. Like, I don't know why they just don't... Rec- we could have recorded it four years ago and they could just play it. It's one long fucking sound drop, really. Um, <laughs> uh, I went to Baltimore at Atlanta tomorrow, uh, 7.15 first pitch. Um, Kyle Bradish for Baltimore and Spencer Strider for Atlanta. Plus 195 on the Orioles, minus 225 um, on the Braves. Total is set at eight and a half. Now, I like Kyle Bradish. I have kind of high hopes for him. He's, he's in some best ball and drafting whole teams that I've got. Um, one and one on the year, 6-14 ERA in the four games started. He was injured out of spring training, so has four starts now. Uh, but they've been a mess, unfortunately, um, since he returned. Given up three earned runs against Detroit, seven earned against Boston in a game where he walked four batters. He just doesn't look right, so unfortunately, it's a wait and see for him. Spencer Strider, 4-0 and record, 2.57 ERA, started six games. Now, he gave up four last time at the New York Mets. That was by far his worst start. Eventually, the kind of the the walks caught up with him in that game. He only gave up five hits. Um, 
he's still striking everybody out. So both of these teams are in really good form. This is kind of the reason I picked it, because if you look at the Braves, 22 and 10, and you think, yeah, that scans, they've been outstanding. And then you look at the Orioles, 21 and 10, and you think, where did that happen? Because they have people have been talking about them, been surprised about them, but they, they've just been way, way, way under the radar. Um, just been not catching the gas that Atlanta do at all. And, and the Mets are putting themselves in an awkward position uh, by being down um, on these teams. So, yeah, both in good form, but it's Bradish that worries me. Um, in Spencer Strider's starts, Atlanta give him lots of help as well. They've scored 9, 11, 8, 5 and 7 um, in the last um, five of those Spencer Strider starts. Atlanta are only hitting 248 at home. The better on the road, but the presence of Bradish swings it here. So I'll be looking for an Atlanta team total, I think. Uh, the fact they've been scoring a lot of runs uh, behind uh, Spencer Strider. I love this. So maybe, what would the total be? Four and a half, I would have said, maybe? Yeah, probably. I, yeah. I would say four and a half or five. Yeah, so Atlanta can get there. Um, so that would be my pick on that one. Faded. little fear to Kyle Bradish, Noah. Yeah, and... I, th- I like what you said about Baltimore too, is they've been flying under the radar and more of the talking point about Baltimore this year is how Gunnar Henderson's kind of struggled out the gates and how Grayson Rodriguez has kind of struggled out here uh, so far this season. Like some of their young guys that haven't been per- performing up to expectation and guys like Adam Frazier coming up in big spots. And he was a signing that even I questioned at the beginning there. And um, my guy, Adley Rutschman just, picking up right where he left off last year. And this bullpen is really, really good. Um, uh, so my yeah, second on, sorry, game. No, you're good. My second game starts at 635 uh, Eastern time here. It's the Toronto Blue Jays at the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I'm going to take the over eight and a half here. Both offenses, they're top 10 in the league in WRC plus, And they're facing middle of the road starting pitching in this game. Oh, Johan Oviedo. Uh, Johan Oviedo, sorry, has seen some hype, but. He was just roughed up by the Nationals for seven runs in 2.1 innings. He has a 13.75 ERA in his last two starts against the Nationals and the Dodgers. One away, one at home. Tough to really draw anything out from the trends here. But And then we know the deal with Jose Barrios. Uh, he's 2-3 and three on the year with a 5.29 ERA. He's allowed, he allowed five runs in five innings to the Red Sox in his last start. He had a 471 ERA in the month of April, and he's carrying an expected ERA of 518. So I'm going to take the over here between two really good offenses facing below average pitchers. Uh, Captain Insano, everything looks good on me, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, Oviedo, we tried to keep backing him until something went wrong because um, I think that was inevitable. But while he was uh, while he was enjoying himself and having fun, I was happy to, to keep following him. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, how he follows up uh, that little bump in the road uh, that he had on his last start. Um, okay, a couple of games left. I've got one more, uh, which is a good one. I'll tell you first about Underdog Fantasy. Uh, Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy has given away $15 million in prizes, plus plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player prop parlays. Head to underdogfantasy.com, use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Uh, and there's still time to get involved in the Kentucky Derby stuff. You've got about 24 hours. Uh, the Notorious OTB show, uh, which is on this network, has got all your triple crown bets. If you leave a review for the show, 
um, between now and Belmont Saturday, which is June the 10th. You'll be entered into a draw to win a canvas print of the Wolves, one of a kind, fallen Bob painting. And the bonus contest exclusively on the SGPN app, uh, where the winner gets a $100 SGPN gift card. Okay, final game for me is the 841st pitch between the LA Dodgers and the San Diego Padres. Dustin May for the Dodgers and Blake Snell, left-handed pitcher for San Diego. And it is a match on the books. Minus 110 each of two. Uh, you can get total of eight or eight and a half, depending on what you fancy. Uh, Dustin May, three and one. 315 ERA, started six games for the Dodgers. He's been steady. One bad start against the New York Mets. Um, last year against the Padres, his numbers were okay, 388 ERA. We did finish one and four in the games he started against the Padres last year. But Blake Snell's just been really, really average, like um, incredibly average. He's only gone beyond five innings once. He's walking everybody and he's given up at least one homer in every start. Um, it's good to see Juan Soto hitting um, a lot better for the Padres. He's been a lot more aggressive at the plate. He's hitting 450 uh, in his last six games uh, with an 11.42 OPS. This game smells like runs to me. Um, the Padres are batting better and can get to Justin May. They got to him last season. Um, and Blake Snell's very, very hittable. So I think both teams can score. We've got all kinds of ways to uh, to cash this. So I'll be finding an eight and I'll be taking the over, Noah. Yeah, I like the over there too. Hopefully it's more on Snell and not on my guy Dustin May, but I'm right there with you. Um, my third and final game here, and then I have some stats on the two starts of the seasons this year and last year uh, that we can go over after. Um, but yeah, my last game here is the Texas Rangers and the LA Angels. Um, Nathan Avaldi is starting for the Rangers. He has had a good start to the year so far. 3-2 and two with a 393 ERA, 39 strikeouts, only five walks in 36.2 innings pitched, whereas my guy Reed Detmers has not had the best start to the season. 0-2 with a 485 ERA, and he doesn't pitch to get weak contact and ground balls. On a day, we'll see 15-mile-an-hour wind blowing out to center field at Angel Stadium. I think it favors the Rangers, who enter the game at plus 100. I'll take the better pitcher on the mound in an environment that's going to favor his ratios. 50% ground ball, 50% 50% ground ball, 15% fly ball ratios for Nathan Avaldi. I think he's going to have a much better day than Detmers here in this game. So at plus money, uh, give me the Rangers on the money line. Didn't Avaldi throw a complete game last time? Did he? Um, Did he? I didn't. I didn't Something pull in that. my head. Um, he's done great, like really good so far this year. Sure, we um, see we've got I really. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Give me two seconds and I'll have this up. But go ahead. Um, I re- There's got to be some sort of stat on this. Let's have a look. Yeah, he did. Then the 29th. Um, nine innings pitched, three hits, no earned runs, no walks, struck out eight batters. Now, there will be a stat on this, but this is just me being really lazy. Every time a pitcher throws a complete game shutout, I always think they're going to get humped the next game, or they do seem to, just because their arm's hanging off. Do you not think, is, it, is that a thing that happens? Is, is there going to be a likely arm hangover, uh, for want of a better term, um, from not, what he did last week? 
you're not technically wrong. How many pitches did he throw in this game? Yeah, um, that's important. 809. <laughs> that's not, I made that up, Noah. That's not true. That's just um, not true. Don't anyone write that down. That would be madness. Yeah, I'm trying to load it. 113, which is quite a bit in this yeah. game. But I don't know. You, you might be talking me off a cliff here because Reed Detmers is my boy. But uh, I both bullpens are pretty good. So I'm not on the over here. I, at plus money, I'll, with Evaldi going, I I think it's it's a good look when I was looking at all the games. I'll, uh, might, I'm going to not ride it now. I'm going to try and find out that stat. Or oh, more likely, I'll make someone else do it. Um, <laughs> so anyone in the YouTube I'll comments? I'll pitch after a complete. <laughs> yeah, game. yeah. If you could sort that out by Monday. Uh, I'd be greatly appreciated. Who should we make do it? Lane. Lane Elliott, that's your job. But you will not be allowed back. Coming after a no-hitter or a perfect game, how they perform after that. Can you Uh, give the listeners homework? Is that allowed? We do have Sandy Alcantara, who threw like eight complete games last year. He was unbelievable the whole year. Uh, But he could be an outlier. So, Um, Lane and Captain, do you like the uh, steals as well? On Yes. On Detmers. I think he's top ten in the league in allowing steals. So, a uh, new name in the uh, in the chat. I haven't uh, new name to me anyway. Christian, uh, good evening, sir. How are you doing? Uh, always nice to see a new name and or face in there. Right, you said you had some other stuff. Tell us about the other stuff, Noah. Yeah, so two weeks into the season, we did one of these episodes. Um, it was like a, a Thursday or something. There's seven games, so we talked about it and jumped into the numbers. And I've re pulled them out again and uh so this year through the first so it's the first 36 days this whole sample size so from this year and last year comparing each other uh after all the rule changes and everything batting average this year is 247 last year is 235 that's up 12 points um, on base percentage, 321 compared to 308. So it's up 13 points. On base percentage this year, or slugging percentage, sorry, this year is 407. Last year at this point of the season, it was 375. So that is up, uh, what, 32? And then Babbitt, which is a great predictor for what uh, batting average could be, 298 this season. It was 284 last season so we're looking at a 298 Babbitt over a 247 average um and then i have counting stats here too so uh do you have any takeaways or is kind of what you expected through the slash line and Babbitt so far yeah i think so um we kind of knew there was projections that were similar but obviously we knew this stuff was going to go up and down i think it's it's settled because I, the, the one thing that I still don't understand is that the, obviously the amount of steals and stuff has gone up, but yeah. there's still a lot of teams that aren't using that facility. They've kind of been given the option of doing it and they're just not doing it. And I know. What, what's the st- stolen base success rate is over 80%. Is it over 90? So it's, it was, it was 82% when I was doing, when I, I found it out through the first two weeks. It's dropped to 79%, but that's okay. better than 74%. And stolen bases this year, there's been 671. Last year, there was 473 so far through the points of the season. 
but last year 170 runners were still were thrown out still stealing bases so far 178 have been thrown out this year so you're throwing out the same amount of runners but over their the stolen bases are up uh 5% so far this year uh yeah, wait, no, there's just some teams just not bothering like you just think Come on, let's have a go. Um, no, so yeah, that, that's not correct. It's not up five percent. Hold on, let me do the math on this one real quick. Um, it is up forty-two uh, percent. Nope. I, I wrote that down. I wrote that on the wrong, the wrong thing. Stolen bases are up forty-two percent from last year. Um, and then home runs. 1,087 of them this year. Last year, we had 916. They're up 18.7% this year. That's so Yandy Diaz. Yeah. (laughs) I I was able to steal him off the free agency, off the waiver wire in our Dynasty League. Did you really? Yeah. And then uh, the runs, uh, 4,365 of them this year. Last year, 4,045. Runs are up 7.9% this year. Strikeout rate is higher, 0.03% higher, but still. This year, it's 22.9. Last year, it was 22.6. Walk rate up just 0.1% compared to last year. So 8.8 this year, 8.7 last year. Average exit velocity, uh, 89 miles an hour this year. It was 88.8 miles an hour last year, so it's just up two points. Pitcher ERA. Take a guess what it is this year and what it was last year. It's got it's the starting pitching speed. I reckon it's got to be up about sixty points. It's got to be up from four point no no no, no from three point eight to four point three. That's incredible. It's it's up fifty three points and it went from three eighty five in twenty twenty two to four twenty five in twenty twenty. I don't get paid enough for this, honestly. I'm like a computer <laughs> newer. And then pitcher Sierra last year three ninety. It's up thirty five points this year to four twenty five. So uh, that's just kind of a, a nice stat to predict ERA. Um, and it's pitcher independent too. Just on the the. Uh, balls put in play off of them. But yeah, I mean, it's a really good offensive environment. And what I've learned from this is I'm going to expand my parameters on stolen base props a little bit more. And also home runs are up compared to what I thought was going to be pretty much a little bit neutral, maybe just slightly a bit more this year. They're up 18.7%. So I think that's definitely still a market that we're able to play here. <laughs> TV DBJ had a guess uh, in the comments. We're saying you say whole run out, but you know, let's not split airs. Um <laughs> Right, you know, I, I, the, my main takeaway is um, I've enjoyed it. Um, there you go. That's statistical analysis for you. It's I've, been, I've it's been easier it. to watch. Like, because I have to, again, like I just said, I have the distance. Um, I, I, I haven't got the baggage of having watched it my entire life. Um, so I don't know what it was like in the old timey days. I then don't know what it was like. I obviously know what it was like recently. And this version for me is a lot more, it's an easier and more fun to consume. I can get a full game in sometimes before I go to bed. I'm not as, uh, I've had about 20 hours more sleep than I did uh, through this 
through this time of the year last season. So uh, there's a metric. I mean, how, yeah. how many hours hours of sleep per night have I gained uh, via I'm the, the pitch? Same way. <laughs> well, you never go to sleep. You're a ridiculous young man. Um, but no, I think it's been great. It's been a great aesthetic, and uh, yeah, it's it's all been positive for me. Yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, all all of the offensive numbers are up, and we've cut game times by at least twenty minutes. So it's amazing. Uh, and the next important stat is that it's four minutes and 40 seconds to the start of the Kentucky Oaks now. So uh, we can get this wrapped up. I can All pour right. myself a drink and we go and watch South Lawn uh, go and romp home. So you've got four minutes to place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. Um, anything you want to tell us about over the weekend before we crack on, Noah? Uh, no, just follow me on Twitter at 77MB. I'll be posting college baseball plays for the weekend. And yeah, I mean, we already plugged that show in the beginning. I appreciate that, Mel. Um, so yeah, I got nothing more to add here. Beautiful. Um, yeah, Kentucky Derby, um, article and podcast, um, the Japanese horse is the answer. Um, and if you want some Premier League picks, go to the Premier League show because we've been in great form. Um, I'm going to watch Newcastle beat Arsenal on Sunday if we the win. Japanese horse is the answer, but isn't there like three of them now? Uh, well, there's a, there is now because there was a couple of scratches. Yeah. Um, the first one, Derma, Derma <laughs> Sotagaki. Yeah, that's, that is the answer. Um, yeah. right, thanks everyone for chirping up in the comments. That was fun again. Um, uh, we'll be back. No, I'll not be back on Sunday because I will be full of beer again. Uh, we've got this stupid King's coronation to get through this weekend as well. That's going to make my teeth itch all weekend. A uh, load of idiots already lined up on the uh, in the streets of London to watch a stupid, unelected, poncy, sausage-fingered man go past in his gold carriage with his Ah, anyway, to his castle, palace, whatever it is. Um, definitely loves this guy. You can just tell. <laughs> preposterous. It's all preposterous. Right. Have a lovely weekend. Have loads of winning bets. Uh, some people will be back on Sunday. Um, until then, we'll see you down the road. Cheers. Cheers.